Hello everyone, I'm Ismail Pai Civico and I wish you all a very warm welcome to a new episode of the Civic Podcast. Now, in this episode, we're going to be speaking a bit about quotas and social equality, social equity, what do they mean and what exactly is their effect on society in general or in politics in a more broader sense. Now, this is something that is pretty much one of the main strongholds of the identitarian movement. So we're going to a bit explore that, brainstorm a bit what all of that means. So the quotas question is something very, very important to discuss. It's something that has been normalized quite a bit all throughout now, whether it's in politics, in society in general, in corporations, in companies, a bit all around. And I don't think the relevant conversation has been had, or at least a fair conversation on what quotas involve or what what are the downsides of quotas, what could be the upsides of quotas specifically, because it could, there can be also upsides to that. So we're going to try a bit, we're going to try to dive a bit and everything that it involves also when it comes to social equality, social equity, the difference, the differences between those two, equality of opportunity and equality of outcome also. Now, uh, just a small, a small pause before I get into that. Uh, I've been out for quite some time now, about a month and a half. I haven't been creating any content, so I'm kind of a bit rusty. I do hope I won't get too much off track. This is the second time I'm recording this because my dog interrupted me at minute 35. Unfortunately, he started barking. Nothing new there, unfortunately. But anyway, I was just recording this again, and it is true that I got a bit off track because it's easy to get a, to get a bit off track. This specific topic, it's so broad, and there are so many things to consider. Um, that in the end is very easy to get lost in your thoughts, but at the end of the day, that's a bit what I try to bring to the table. Now, this is the first episode I'm recording also in 2021. Let's hope that this year is going to be a little bit easier for most of us, especially regarding uh, coronavirus, work in general, um, the, 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 the labor market has been pretty bad recently. Also, uh, that they open up bars again, we can see our friends and all of that. So happy new year to everyone indeed. And yeah, necessarily. Um, no, I, I just hope that this year will be will be a lot better. And I do hope I can bring up a little bit more content and focus a bit more on the podcast uh, and bring, let's say, more conversations to the table, more civic conversations to the table. Now let's get started. I'm I'm gonna try and keep this podcast a bit shorter. I've said that I've said that before, but I will try. I'll really, really try to make it at least let's say 20, 25 minutes and not go over that thirty minute mark but then again i don't have these prepared i just brainstorm with you uh, the different ideas uh, which i do think is a lot more interesting that way than to have a prepared speech or a prepared text to read out so let's speak about quotas and how they are normalized firstly i'm going to give a short definition about quotas or at least how i understand them how i interpret them quotas basically what they mean is that you need to get every single group every single collective of people inside a, a, a inside a given society right and what percentage they represent in that society and grab that same percentage and apply it to every single level in society. So, like I said, whether it's in corporations, companies, political decision-making levels, high levels, high levels in society, and you need to apply the quotas all throughout. That's basically what it means, quotas. Um, then, I mean, 
there are courses you can apply in some space, courses you can apply in others. And that's also another question because when the specific group of people that are defending quotas, and that's generally the leftists that are defending quotas to give more rights, let's say, or to counterbalance that privilege in which they weren't privy to, that white privilege, that one specific grouping of people or male privilege, let's say in that regard, that, that, that the whole conversation goes around there is that they did not receive these kind of inner privileges as much, or they did not receive them at all in comparison to the white males. Um, right, so that's a bit the idea. So that's why they need to have, let's say some specific quotas, some specific spaces in those open levels in society um, so they can represent their collectives in that regard and that more people can emancipate themselves and more people can be successful or at least be a little bit, a lot more diverse uh, in those questions. The question of diversity is also in, um, an, another issue and what exactly to understand by diversity in itself. But firstly, I want to get a little bit more the the quota idea and then go a bit more into social equality, social equity, and a bit all into that. I really don't think I'm going to do this under 30 minutes, but I'm really going to try. So that's the overall idea, saying that they did not receive these privileges at, as much as these other grouping of people. So they need that extra push or they need these reserved spaces for them so they can actually get to these high levels because they, they get blocked by the glass ceiling, right? That's the idea. Now, I spoke about privilege before, and privilege is not as straightforward as to saying you are this or you possess that certain trait, so you are privileged, right? That is not the way that I understand privilege. To give a small recap, uh, even though it's not as easy, uh, everyone is privileged in one way or another. Uh, some people can be privileged because they are born in perfect health. Other people can be privileged because they possess a certain height. So I gave the basketball example in the past is that if if you want to become a, pro a professional basketball player, but biologically uh, you cannot obtain the height of two meters or you are one meter 70 tall, you will not be able to become a professional basketball player, right? So that's completely out of the question. You will not get into professional basketball if you're one meter 70, right? You can maybe try football. That's maybe something because you play with your feet. But in basketball, impossible. I mean, the NBA, I don't think anyone that's shorter than two meters is playing in professional basketball inside the NBA. Um, so that's one one side to privilege. Um, also, your socioeconomic situation, especially of your family when you're born, because you don't really have um, economic independence to... Well, nowadays you don't have economic independence until you're like 30-something-ish. Uh, if you're lucky enough when you're 18, you can get a good job maybe or by the time you finish university, 25. So your socioeconomic situation when you're young is very, very important. Um, the way also your family structure is very important, uh, whether you live in a two-parent household or you live in, in a single-parent household. So, I mean, I'm not going to get into privilege too much because I spoke about that before already. I just want to lay out the thing that privilege is not as straightforward as to say you possess one specific trait upon which you have no say over. So you're automatically more privileged than someone else that did not possess that trait or does not possess that trait. It's not as easy as that, but that that's the way they want to portray it a bit that we do not, we are not part of this specific grouping. So we are oppressed. So we need those reserved spaces in these upper levels of society. So that's quotas in a nutshell. That's quotas in a nutshell. Now, one part to quotas is defending or at least argumenting that 
because you possess this certain trait with someone, that someone represents you. So again, if two women that they, the only thing they share is their reproductive system, their, their reproductive organs, that this woman will represent the other woman because they are both women. Uh, I do not agree with that. Uh, let's take, for example, um, congressmen or congresswomen or members of parliament, MPs, members of the European Parliament, anyway. People that are there by democratic elections or by elections, candidates that are elected democratically, ideally, to get into those positions, right? If a woman now decides to vote for a man, it's because she thinks that that man represents her in 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 that level, right? Because they share certain values, they share certain ideas, they agree on their general either political ideology or political ideas, uh, and so on and so on and so forth, so on and so forth. Um, so just because you're a woman, it's not necessarily mean you're going to be represented by this other woman. And that's the idea mainly why they want to put women into politics, or at least put, no, sorry, not put women into politics. I mean, this sounds a bit misogynist the way I'm saying it, but I really don't want it to sound that way. So bear with me. Um, so the idea is, is that if you put, so women represent 51% of the world's population and roughly in every single society, that's more or less the levels 51, just the slightly over men, uh, in society. So they are the majority, they're not a minority really. Uh, in, the, in, 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 in the sense of the word. So, because women represent women. Um, but then again, if you're a woman and you don't feel represented by these women, so how, how do you wrap your hand around that, saying that she's representing you? So that's not necessarily the case. So that's why when it comes to politics, I don't think there should be quotas in there specifically because one person can be represented by another even if they don't share one specific trait. Like myself, if I feel represented by a woman and I want to vote for a woman to represent me in parliament, because um, I, I deem that her ideas or her values go in accordance with mine, she's the one that represents me because I want her speaking for me. Just because this other guy is a man or a white man, a white European man, that's not the person that's going to represent me because we do not we do not agree on most of the things he's saying, right? So, so that's also... Just because you share a certain trait with someone does not mean they're going to represent your ideas or they're going to represent you. So that's, again, putting some things in, in highlighting some traits that people possess to make them the main thing that represents them, right? And that's, again, we are forgetting the content of the character and we are seeing people, whether through the gender lens, whether through the sexual orientation lens, the racial le uh, lens, religious lens, and so on and so forth. Um, I mean, these conversations are getting a, are getting a bit, they a lot of, they do consume a lot of energy because a lot of things are going through my mind right now and I really do not want to lose track on what I want to speak about specifically. So that's when it comes to representation. So that's where quotas actually goes wrong in a way. So how do you say, okay, you need to have 51% of, of, of women, let's say inside the parliament. And then in the end, uh, for most women, these women do not represent them and they want to vote for a man that did not get the space inside that parliament because that space was taken for women that did not represent them. So this idea of representation is very weird to me. The, that, that's not the way that I see it. Then of course it comes in the the argument that it says, oh, but that's because they did not have the chance to to, to, to get to those high levels. And that's why we need to let them be there. Say, okay, fair enough. And that's when it comes now to quality opportunity. So we do need to 
put as many mechanisms in place or as many tools in place where, to be honest, I think we are doing quite well to some extent in Western society to let people emancipate themselves or give them the choices in life that it comes basically to their to their motivation, to their hard work and all of that. Um, I do think we're doing quite well. We're not not perfect. It's impossible to be, to, everyone gets equality opportunity in that regard because like I said, privilege is something very, very complicated to explain. Uh, like I said, if you're born poor, unfortunately, you will get less opportunity as someone that is quite wealthy or that your family is quite wealthy. You will get a lot more opportunities in that regard. So that's a bit of a utopia if you will but it is something that we can strive for as much is that you can you can get to a point where everyone regardless of the gender regardless of their age well age is dodgy because you can't give the same rights to someone that's eight and to someone that's 20 for example but not age forget age that's a completely different topic well actually i, I could speak about age uh, and what age uh, what at, at what time can you vote and all of that that would be very very interesting for for the next episode but in any case okay so regardless of gender religion ethnicity uh, nationality, etc. Right? Uh, we do need to strive as much as possible that all of these people can get the same opportunities in life as any other, regardless of all of these things I just laid out right now. So that's something that morally it's completely just, and anyone that is a minimum <laughs> that has a minimum sense of morality or ethics will agree with that. Anyone, apart if you're a then again, they go completely against that. They think that some people should have more opportunities. And that's again what quotas do is that they they want to do a positive discrimination to one specific grouping of people and at the same time negatively discriminate another. That's what positive discrimination means, basically, is you're gonna to try to get one people, but that will mean that another people will be will be negatively affected. So that's negative discrimination for them, but positive discrimination for another. I can give an example for this, what happened in Harvard, and this is an example that I always give. Um I completely forget the, the the whole. I mean, I know the general story. I don't don't know all the facts behind it, but this is generally how it went in Harvard in 2017, 2016. I think that was more or less when it went um, after the assassination of Eric Garner. If I'm not mistaken, Black Lives Matter emerged, and they started to let's say gain their big political role that they still have today when it comes to political advocacy. Um, and at that point, big institutions like Harvard were pressured to let more black people inside their institutions. We can speak as of why there weren't as many black people in that institution. I mean, there can be some underlying problems to the black community in the United States of America. Um, but, that, but that's a different topic. Bottom line is that they wanted to bring more black students into the university so they could look like they are, let's say, <laughs> um, morally superior or that they are very open institution and they are want to make it as multicultural as possible and multi-ethnic multi-ethnical multi not that sure if you say that but nevertheless uh and have as many ethnicities in that university as possible the idea was that the group that was going to get jeopardized because of course if you take some spots some 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 spaces in the university for the newly arriving students uh not just based on competence in that regard, you will need to jeopardize another group. You you will need to tell some people you are not you're not capable or you do not possess the the capabilities or you're not competent enough to be inside our institution. The idea was that the group that was going to be affected was the 
general majority of white people, right? That was the idea that white people were going to be jeopardized by this measure, so the best students will be out. That is not what happened. So in order to let black students in, that generally did not do as well as, as the other students, they had to jeopardize some people. And the people that got basically discriminated against in that regard, based on their competence, were Asian people. So a lot of Asian students were not accepted inside their institution on the grounds of that they were psychologically unfit, I think, after it was a psychological program. And basically this was a a quota imposition that was made by the by the Harvard Council, or however you call it, behind closed curtains. So that group of people got negatively affected. Now when the Asian community found found this out, found out about this in 2017 i think it was 2018 i mean there was a whole process they went to court you can google it uh in the end the court ruled that it was not against the law to put these quotas in so in the end nothing much happened i i believe but that is something that one group of people did get negatively discriminated against in a way based on the competence um based on quotas at the end because they wanted to leave more spaces for black people now again we can discuss as of why black people do not have do not find themselves in the same levels or at least high levels in education, education or in corporations and companies in parliament um, or throughout, but that's a completely different conversation. The, the, the point I'm trying to make here is that this was a moment where quotas were imposed in, uh, in an educational institution and they did not go well, right? Uh, the Asian community did not take that very well at least. And of course you can see that this general people that white well, this general idea that white people do better in, in education, that's not really true at all. I mean, Asians are completely taken over that. They are a lot more, they are more hardworking. They are, in, on a general manner, um, they're better in in academia. Uh, in Europe is happening, or I think in the UK is happening a lot with the, with the Indian community, for example. They're doing very, very well compared to the average white male or average white person in, in that sense. It's happening all throughout, right? So that's an idea as of why also in that regard, those quotas did not work. Now let's get back to the idea of equality of opportunity and equality of outcome. Now this is something that uh, jo Dr. Jordan B. Peterson speaks about a lot. And I know I, 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 bring, it up, I bring him up quite a bit and I think he's probably one of the people I, I listen to the most. I mean, there are, there are countless uh, philosophers, uh, professors, uh, or academics that I listen to at the same time, or I read, or I try to see as much as I can and inform myself as much as I can. But this person in in, in particular has the most of the ideas that I generally do agree with. Although there is some space for, for, for discussion on, on, on some of them. But in any case, uh, he does make a big difference between equality opportunity and equality outcome. And I want to come again. General ideas that I display here are not generally my ideas. Like the general ideas that he may display or that anyone may display are not generally their ideas. These ideas have already been, uh, let's say, brought up before. They've been discussed before. People have thought about them before. Now, the only thing that changes is a bit how I interpret those ideas or how I try to bring them forward or how I try to explain them with a bit my touch, right, uh, with, with my personal input into them. So that's basically the only thing that changes. All my ideas, people have already spoken about them before. I just like to give my, bring my little uh, grain of sand into in, in, into that, if, um, if that makes sense. So anyway, again, credit where credit's due. This is a person that has been speaking about that quite a bit. So I really do urge you to go and 
listen to him if you haven't already, or to a lot of other people that I'm pretty sure you'll find uh, throughout your research, a lot of people that are speaking about this. So equality opportunity, like I said before, is something that everyone gets the same, have has the same opportunities. It's easy as that, that regardless of who you are, regardless of where you're from, you have the same opportunity as someone else. Uh, but then again, the, the argument on the left is saying that no, because we live in an oppressive white supremacist heteropatriarchal society, that is just not the case. Again, privilege is a completely, is a more complicated topic than that, which I've already spoken about, but I'm not gonna to get too much into that. So that's social equality, where equality opportunity. Then you have the social equity, which equity basically means equality of outcome, which comes into quotas, right? So, so we get into that. Social equality is something that we can all strive for, that we're all equal before the law, we all possess the same tools, the same mechanisms, less trade to see that no one is overprivileged than the other. But then again, we saw that that is not possible through the episode that I did about privilege, which I completely forgot which one it was. I'm gonna check it now just uh, just, just fairly quickly, uh, which episode that was, so I'm not, um, I'm not saying, which one was this? I think it was the one of meritocracy. So that was episode four, if I'm not mistaken. Nevertheless, that is something that I did speak about privilege before. So, so the quotas idea is, is something that first of all is not pragmatic. And now let's get back to see uh, one of the things about quotas that they say, okay, we want quotas in high, in high levels in society or in the economy or in politics. And my question is why only high levels? I mean, if you take the overall population, the people that are really successful economically, we could say, or or professionally in general, uh, it's not as you can't really measure success in in economic terms, let's say, or in monetary terms. Success is something that each person needs to find their own definition of. My definition of success might not be the same one as yours, or might not be the same one as someone else. It's completely each person defines success in whichever way they want. But for the left, success mainly means having as much money as possible. So generally that comes to high levels in society where of course those jobs are better paid in general. So that's where the quote, this is the main sphere or, or that's the main sphere where the people really want to impose the quotas. They're not looking to impose quotas on the lower class or middle class jobs. That doesn't interest them, they want the high ones. Of course, who wouldn't? Um, but that's the idea, right? And we need to take into account that there's, there's a very small percentage of people that actually do get to those high levels in society. How much? Maybe it's 5, 10, 15%. I don't really know. But not a lot of people do get to those high levels. And if they do, it's through a, many years, a lot of studying, a lot of hard work, knowing the right people, being in the right place, having that pinch of luck, if you believe in luck. Um, a lot of factors come into, come into play as of why some people is more, or some people are more successful than others, right? It's not as easy as to say, you're a white man, so you're automatically gonna be successful in life. Uh, I'm pretty sure you know a lot of white people that are nowhere near successful. I know a lot. Well, in any case, they don't deem to be successful because they are, they don't feel well with what they're doing. They, 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 they don't like it. They wish they would have done something else. A lot of people, we know a lot of people like that. So it's, it's, it's not as easy as to say that. So inside that small percentage, there is a higher percentage of white men, 
But let's get to men, because of course you can't keep speaking about white men and then only speak about women, because then you could speak about white women, or then black men, or black women, or Asian Asian men, Asian women. So let's just take to the to the gender spectrum in 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 this case, and men and women. I'm I'm sorry, I'm, I'm I won't be able to speak about the other 118 genders, but uh, let's just stick to the to to the man woman uh, gender scale. And of why maybe it could be explained that men are in higher decision-making levels. Now, it has shown that throughout education generally or throughout the age of 30, more or less, women are a lot more successful in terms of education, in terms of early jobs. Uh, why? Because at the general manner, the, the medium, there are a lot more, they are more centered, they are more, they study a lot more. I mean, my sister is a lot more, <laughs> has done a lot better than I have in, in education in general. Uh, she's a lot more organized than I am, but anyway speak about my personal life in that regard but anyways what i was what i was trying to get at that at, at, at that level in life they generally do do better than men women uh, till around 30. now at 30 what happens most of the time is that women decide that they want to become mothers right uh and inside where it's inside their couple with 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 their husband or their wife at the same time if they're a lesbian couple regardless of that but they decide around 30 that they want to become mothers or they want to create a family which is a completely legitimate claim i mean um, either men or women I think generally we all want to have a family at some point we want to have kids some people don't which that's completely fine also if that's what they really want in life I think they should pursue whatever they want to do in life but a lot of people do want to create a family uh, and a lot of women do decide that now of course if you have kids you will not be able to work as many hours as a man and that's where the maternity leaves and the paternity leaves come into play, where there are some policies that can be quite implemented that are very, very beneficial for, for the couple in general. For example, what I did in Scandinavia, I'm not entirely sure in which country, but something that which I really do I really do support is that they have, I think, I don't want to say anything too crazy, but it was around 24 months, I think, that they can divide however they want between the couple, right? So you have 24 months. Ideally, the first months, the baby should stay with the mother because he needs to be breastfed. And, and breastfeeding is very, very important for the development of a, of, a, of a newborn child. But when that breastfeeding term is over, I'm not entirely sure when, eight months, nine months, 13 months, 14, I'm not entirely sure. When that is over, they can decide, or even before, I think they kind of said before, but anyway, they can decide how they divide those months. So if the couple decides that it's the man, let's take uh, an heterosexual couple, as, as we could take a homosexual couple, uh, a homosexual couple in the same, um, context but let's take a heterosexual couple uh, as an example if the man now decides that he wants to stay at home 14 months take care of the baby and that's his decision and they decided that the woman would get back to work uh and keep her job so she can she can go up the ladder let's say that's completely legitimate uh the man will stay at home will stay with the baby as if the woman decides to stay at home and take care of the baby during its first years of life so around two three till it's big enough to be, have a babysitter or go to school that sort of thing right so that just comes to individual choice, what they want to choose. But generally it is not shown that men decide usually to go back and take care of the child. Um, it's not as easy as to say that it will be, that there will be a balance in that some women or most women in any case do decide to stay at home. Uh, and, and there can be various reasons for that. You can start saying, oh, that's social construction. Yeah, okay, uh, but it's not clear. It's, it's not as clear as to why as, as, that that's the reason why, right? So that's the reason why sometimes at that 
at that specific time, at that specific age, there's a big disparity that a gap that keeps increasing. And that's why men actually do go to high positions. That's one of the factors. There are 10,000 factors more. Another factor is that women usually choose uh, to take other other routes uh, in their professional life. They usually decide for um, for jobs in, in education or for jobs in health. And those jobs aren't as scalable as maybe in the STEM fields, for example. Uh, in education and health, uh, a very easy example, uh, you can't take care of 10,000 people, but you can create a software for 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 people, right? So, so that would make you move up the ranks a little bit, and that's why you will get to high level, to high positions, uh, usually. First of all, to get to a high position, you need to work. These are people that work a lot, people that wake up at 6.30 a.m., 7 a.m., go to work at 8, come back at... 10 o'clock at night, never see their families, uh, don't spend time with them, are mostly miserable. Um, but it, a lot of work gets into that. So first of all, why would you want to get to that position when you can't even spend time with your family? That's something to take into account. People don't just get to high level positions just turning their thumbs and putting their feet up their desk and not doing anything. That's something to take into account also at the same time. You say, oh no, but that's also another point. I, I mean, I told you I, was, I, was, I wasn't going to get under the 30 minute mark because this, there are so many things to, to consider inside the quotas uh, topic. But in any case, I'm going to keep rolling for around five or 10 minutes more and try to finalize there. Uh, I probably haven't spoken about everything I wanted to because then again, it's a bit difficult to order my thoughts in a way. But I have had this debate with quite a lot of people and generally, um, I don't want to throw flowers at myself, but Let's just say um, the people that are against, are for the ideas of quotas don't usually win these debates. Anyways, so what was it gonna? Yeah, okay, so, so, so we're talking about the, the age. No, not the age. I completely forgot, already. Okay, nevertheless, it doesn't matter. We can get to the idea of higher positions in society. First of all, why would you want to get to those positions? It is not clear for me. Uh, the me success is measured in a lot of different ways. Oh, yes, and we're speaking about the prejudice of people. So let's say, okay, you do not get to high positions because of the prejudice that you feel, the oppression that you feel throughout because you're part of a certain collective of people. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to give an argument, or not an argument, a theory that someone developed. I forgot who it was, but I think it was a very, very, very... Um, interesting one, or at least it, to some extent it is true. Now, prejudice or discrimination has no place in a modern liberal society. In any case, in a in an economically liberal system. Why? In a free market. Why? I'm going to explain. If you have a CEO that is a misogynist, is a racist, is an Islamophobe, you can go all through a homophobe, whatever, he will completely decrease the spectrum of possibilities that he will have when it comes to higher people, right? Generally, if you're a CEO or if you're someone in a decision-making level, you want to make your business or your company or your corporation as successful as possible. You want to uh, you want to have the best people that have that do the best work, so you can get get richer basically, or you can get uh, a lot more recognition. You can get to a high status and so on. Generally, you want the best people to work for you. If you completely discriminate these people just on their basis of their skin color, on their religion, on their sex, gender, sexual orientation, whatever, you're gonna massively decrease that spectrum of possibilities. 
right? Massively decrease it. So then in the end, you will not have as many people that are prepared for that position as you would like. So just by the general, by the implicit liberal society in which we live in, there is, there is no space for racists, for homophobes, for misogynists. There's no space for them because they're going to end up losing. Because if now, if, if there was a woman that was 10 times better prepared than this man, but the guy decided to hire a man because he's a misogynist and he thinks that, well, anyway, because he, he does, doesn't think that women should have these positions. The people that think like that, surely people think like that, right? Uh, but then, but well, then this woman will still be in the market and another company will grab her. And then this woman will develop the vaccine against for cancer, for example, just to give an, an example of, of something that I hope we will find someday. In any case, and she finds that, well, this man will end up losing and this company will never do as good as his competition. That's something to take into account. I do not think in a general mind of people hiring people, prejudice comes into play. It can come, it can come. Again, people can be prejudicial towards other people. People can be, discrim can be discriminated against. It can be, it can happen. But by the general rule, I honestly do think that society in general these, will put these people aside and these people will end up losing in the long term. Uh, and again, you do not get to that high level position just by rolling your thumbs and putting your feet in the air. There's some sort, there's some amount of work that you need to put into there, regardless of your situation. Even if you're born rich, if you do not know what to do with your money, you're going to lose it all, and you're going to become bankrupt. Um, then, if you don't, if you're not born as economically successful as you as another person, and you work hard and you get your good studies and Something also that I highly defend is public education, where everyone gets the same kind of education and they can all be well-educated. Uh, free education I also like a lot, but we can speak about education at another point. All of these things that actually do help uh, people emancipate and be educated and get a good job or the job that they want to get in the future. Okay, so that's another point as that goes against the bit, the general tyranny or that people are living, all right, or that these minorities are living. And that's the idea. So in general, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop it here and maybe uh, I will do another episode to a bit go through a bit the, the quotas idea a bit more and or go a bit more into detail when it comes to equality opportunity and equality of outcome. But then again, I really do think that equality opportunity is directly linked to, um, to the privilege episode I did so really do go and check that out if you want to because that's pretty much interlinked everything but just to end on the quotas first of all it's not pragmatic now actually I'm I'm, I'm going to finish on the other side and something I completely forgot to say so generally they want the quotas for the high level positions what about the middle or lower class levels are, are you going to put quotas for everything are you going to put let's take another example bricklayers 99% of, of, of bricklayers are men are you going to put quotas for that too are you going to say okay you're going to take half of the workforce in there and you're going to put women inside, regardless of what they think. How is that going to work? How is that pragmatic? How is that even doable? Now, when it comes to education, when it comes to teachers in primary school mainly, I think secondary, I'm not actually for secondary, but primary school teachers are mainly women. Are you going to take out half the teachers and say, okay, now we need to put men into there? Are you going to put quotas in prisons where it's 10 to 1, 10 men in Generally, the, the numbers in, in prison are around 10 men for one woman. It varies a bit country to country, but that's generally the, the, the overall um, numbers. Are you going to do that too? You're going to take out half the men in prison and put more women in prison so you can actually defend that quota. 
Um, in Belgium, there was an issue with the quota in, I think it was in Wallonia that they couldn't, um, they did not, they did not respect the quota. So there were quite a long time without having a government because they did not respect the 30 something percent or 40% of women that had to be in, a, in, in parliament at that point. I think that happened too. Uh, so the general idea of quotas is that it does not take into account the freedom of choice of people. Um, so the way I see it, we need to do as much as we can to get to that social equality, to that equality of opportunity. We cannot go through equity. We cannot go through the equality of outcome. We cannot go through quotas because if you go through quotas, you completely disregard the free choice of people, and people will give dif- will, will choose different routes in their lives. You cannot choose. You cannot think you know what route someone will take just based on their even on their sex or based on their on their ethnicity or their skin color. That is not chosen. We we choose our routes by our experiences, by what we lived, by what we like, by our personality by by our even our hobbies or what what fulfills us what makes us happy uh, what we think is our purpose in life that's how we choose our roots through quotas you're completely disregarding the freedom of choice of people you're trying to put people in other positions but having a positive discrimination towards others there were some scholarships in spain that were implemented only for women getting for women getting into the stem fields what happened in stem in scandinavia the scandinavian countries did whatever they could, as much as they could, to get women into these um, into these jobs. STEM basically means science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, right? Um, so on a policy level, they did as much as they can to ensure that equality opportunity for women to get into these fields, because they thought it was gonna get counterbalanced, and social equity was gonna get, was gonna be the end point, their conclusion, that is not what happened. What happened there is that the gap between men and women in the STEM field completely increased a lot. If it's not 70, 25, it's 80, 20. I really do not know, but enormously. And other people, and, and other countries that are more, um, let's say balanced in the STEM fields are Eastern or Middle Eastern countries. I think um, I think in Europe, it was uh, it was Bulgaria that was, uh, that was the most balanced in it when it comes to the STEM fields. I did a, some research last year also, regarding, I think it was Palestine or Israel, I forgot, but there, the STEM field is also very, very well balanced uh, when it comes to, to, to the gender balance between men and women. It's not what happened in Scandinavia. That gap completely increased a lot more. And it's the same for a lot of other jobs. And same thing in education, same thing in, in health. Um, um, all of that increased. So it's not evident to say that in the end, everything will be balanced correctly and there will be a social harmony when it comes to minorities being equally represented at every single level in society. It's not as easy as to say that. We're completely disregarding the the, the the freedom of choice of people and that what you possess, your biological characteristics, your experiences, and then the social constructs that have been added onto that will make you choose whatever you choose to do in life later on. And that is something to take into account. And that's, a, and that's my... Put it simply, that's my problem with quotas. Uh, you cannot oblige a certain group of people to get into a certain space just because they share a common trait. Uh, and you cannot tell someone you cannot go into there because we filled all the spaces, even though you are a lot more prepared than this other person. We're going to let that other we're going to let that other person in because uh, you're a privileged person because you, you possess a specific trait that makes you privileged and she or that other person, I said she, well, anyway. Uh, again, it's very difficult to have different quotas for everything, but let's just stick to the maybe the gender quota, which is a lot easier, and then you can pretty much compare that to any single other quota you want to impose. So how, 
how can you take that without taking the individual into account? How do you know that that person, let's take now, so you tell a man you cannot get that position, even though you're more than prepared, you're, you're a lot better prepared than this other person, but we need to let the woman in. How do you tell that to the man? Well, maybe that person was born poor, was in a very, very bad socioeconomic situation, and, that, and, and, and this other woman lived, grew up in a very wealthy family, she got the best education, she went to the best university, uh, she never had to work throughout her studies because she had parents could pretty much pay for everything. Um, so in a general manner, she was a lot more privileged than, than him. But you're going to tell him now that he cannot get into there because he does not possess feminine reproductive systems. All right. Uh, and that's also a funny, a funny thing because this, this same group of people that defend the quotas, same group of people that say that we should disregard gender completely. So what do we do now? Do we divide people in genders and then from there impose the quotas? Or do we completely disregard gender and then people would choose in the end where they want to go? It's, there's, a, there's so many discrepancies and so much incoherence with the overall argument. It's just, it's just laughable. It's just, anyway, it's hilarious. Okay, so that's another point. And at the same time, how would you feel if you're someone from the so-called minority and you're given a space upper in society just because you possess a certain trait and not based on your competence? How, how would that make you feel? How would that make feel? How would someone feel if they knew or if they told them you're only here because you possess this characteristic, because you possess this reproductive system? because you possess this skin color and then again how would that make them feel because i say oh wait so i do not possess competence but i'm still here then why am i here for do not possess the competence so that's that, that's nothing to regard I, I, I don't think at a psychological level that's even good for anyone to let to tell them that they are here because of who they are and not what they are or what kind of knowledge they possess or experience they possess or the general content of their character how do you tell that to people please someone tell me Someone illuminate me with this idea. That that is just it's it's not doable. Uh, I mean, what happened in Spain again? There were some people that scholarships being given out to the STEM fields to women and not to men, even if they had worse um, um, grades or they weren't as prepared. And then the idea. I also heard this argument saying that basically uh, people need role models um, to get, let's say, motivated. To get into these spaces, right? He, women need role models in STEM. Yes, okay, f f fair enough. We do need more women in the STEM field to present themselves as role models. But that does not that is not going to solve the issue of why women aren't as much in the STEM fields. That's my overall issue with that, is that there's a general understanding that if, if we go through the quota idea, in the end, this social harmony, this balance between the genders and between the ethnicities will be automatically balanced, which there's nothing that proves that to be the case. And that's my overall issue with that, is that we're having a misconception when it comes to going through social equity first, and then in the end, automatically there will be a harmony in society where we will reach this social equality at every single level in, in society. And that's my overall issue with that. Okay, so that's another part to quote it. I mean, like I said, this is such, that, that, that 10 million examples to give. Um, but that's a general idea of why I do not really, I, I do not like the idea of quotas. And I think 
they are just going to be nefarious for the general working structures that we are living in right now. I think that if people get to any level in society, it's based on their competence. I've had throughout mainly my professional life in my jobs, I don't think I've ever had a male boss and every single female boss that I've had has been more than prepared, has been, and is there because of her competence. Because that person was prepared, because that person has done the, re the, the relevant work, has worked really hard to be where that person is. And that can be also for a man. I mean, I've had also some, some male bosses at some point, and, 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 that, and, that, and that's been the same for them. So I do think that people need to get there based on the competence. And the idea of the privilege, and that's because you're under privilege, we need to give you this extra bump, or we need to reserve spaces for you at specific levels in society. Um, something that can be discussed, but the idea of privilege is not as straightforward as to say you possess one certain trait, so you are more privileged than another. I'm getting a bit worked up with all of this because it's something that I do try and discuss a lot and I try to put my ideas as, as straight, as it, lay, lay them out as easily as, as I possibly can, but it's, it's, it's not that easy, unfortunately. But anyway, um, I'm, I'm, go I'm gonna close it here. Um, well, maybe try actually and bring someone on board soon enough and have this conversation maybe in a debate because uh, maybe I forgot there are a lot of things um, that I completely forgot. Um, and actually, I just thought about another couple of things I wanted to speak about. I'll, I'll really leave that there. I will try and invite someone over uh, to have a debate with them. I know quite a few people are actually for quotas, so that'll be quite easy. Uh, and have a relevant discussion with them and maybe they'll make me change my mind. Uh, who knows? It's maybe... It's maybe, it's maybe a possibility. And of course, we still have diversity to speak about and all of that a bit later on in another episode. But I will leave that there. Now, this was just a general brainstorming of the quotas idea, which I'm completely against it. But nevertheless, we'll make that the end of it. So anyway, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. I'm Isman Pai Civico, and this was The Civic Podcast.